The convenience store business is hot in Florida. 7-Eleven, Circle K, Sunshine Distributing, Automated Petroleum. As Florida's population and tourism grow, so do the number of convenience stores selling gasoline and food. I'm Tom Hudson. Today on the Sunshine Economy, we talk about the convenience store business with one out-of-state company that's eyeing Florida for big expansion. It's one of those industries that's going through a growth change. You have a changing sort of expectation about what, what do they expect out of a convenience store. Also on the program, another story of money and the price of life in South Florida. I was able to complete $20 that was needed for my rent in quarters that I had put away to be able to pay for rent. And it's not easy. It's all ahead on the Sunshine Economy. Welcome to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening and supporting public radio. On today's program, you're going to hear a conversation with the top executive at a company that's not doing business in South Florida. At least not yet. It wants to. Jeff Nadalo. I'm the general counsel and secretary of Bucky's. Bucky's. B-U-C hyphen E-E apostrophe S. Bucky's. It's a riff on a childhood nickname of the founder, Arch Applin III. The company began in Texas in 1982 and has grown slowly, but it has its eyes on Florida as it ramps up expansion plans. Bucky's is, by all accounts, the world's largest convenience store. Our largest is 76,000 square feet with 120 fueling positions. That's bigger than the average Publix, but in a convenience store format. Bucky's goes big, and it wants to go big in Florida, entering an increasingly competitive convenience store market in the Sunshine State. 7-Eleven, Circle K, Sunshine Distributing, Automated Petroleum, Thornton's out of Kentucky. Uh, Just some of the name of the operators today. Uh, Massachusetts. Huawei's been down here. Very well-known company out of Texas, Bucky's. That's Ned Bowman. He heads up the Florida Petroleum Marketers Association. That's the trade group for gas stations and convenience stores. We will talk about why the Florida convenience store market is so hot, why out-of-state operators are coming, and how Bucky's hopes to import its Texas-sized business and ambitions here. Later on in the program, Carlos Caballero's story of money and the price of life in South Florida. You can say I'm, I'm American with Cuban blood. Like I was, I was at... Um, at a very long, young age, I, I was bilingual. I knew how to speak Spanish because of my family and English because I was in school. So, like, my parents would get phone calls from, like, mortgages or from, like, professional people. And they'll be like, Alito, ven para aquí. And, uh, like, the peop- these professional businessmen will be on the phone with, like, a six-year-old. And I'm translating the stuff to my parents and vice versa. Carlos Caballero works today as a server and bartender at a restaurant supporting his fiance and their three-year-old daughter. His story coming up. If you want to share your story of how money, circumstances, and choices have influenced your life and decisions here in South Florida, email us, sunshineeconomy at wlrnnews.org. That's sunshineeconomy at wlrnnews.org. By many accounts, visiting a Bucky's store is an experience. Dozens of gas pumps, tens of thousands of square feet of selling space, an entire wall of beef jerky flavors— and aisles of candy, food, and a hard-to-categorize selection of just other stuff. I have one person tell me, you have the best meteorites. This is Jeff Nadalo, the general counsel of Bucky's. 
I said, meteorites? I didn't, what do you mean? What's goes, a meteorite? Literally a meteorite that like, comes from outer space. We, we were, a space rock. Yes, we were selling meteorites, and apparently they were of high quality. So Didn't know there were various qualities of meteorites. Nor did I, but apparently we only, we only sourced the best. There's also the bathrooms, rows and rows of stalls staffed 24 hours by cleaning crews. After growing slowly for its first 36 years and sticking to its home state of Texas, Bucky's started an out-of-state expansion plan, first in Alabama earlier this year, quickly followed by three planned stores here in Florida. It broke ground on the first one last month in Daytona Beach. It was deemed such an important enough event and addition to the Florida economy that Governor Ron DeSantis was there with shovel in hand, hard hat on his head, and the Bucky Beaver mascot next to him. There are plans for Bucky's near St. Augustine, Fort Myers, and Ocala areas as it begins its Florida expansion. Ultimately, Florida was a great opportunity. We said, what do we think people want? Well, people are traveling because we really are catering to the traveling public. We don't allow 18-wheelers on our, our property. We cater to families. We cater to children. Uh, and and so it, it was a natural location for us to pick. Take us into those conversations, though. What launched the initial strategy to get out of Texas, growing slowly for 35 years here and there in Texas, uh, a few dozen stores in in relatively small uh, uh, byway and highway places in Texas. And now this growth looking east into Alabama first and now Florida um, with a number of stores in relatively quick succession given the pace of previous expansions for Bucky's. Sure. So first we had to perfect the model in Texas. And frankly, we have put stores strategically in Texas to where they're, they're, the, the growth opportunity is somewhat limited now. because our footprint, In Texas? It's, in Texas, frankly. How because, so? Well, because our stores are so large. In Texas, you know, people, when they're traveling, they're going to make one or maybe two stops between a large cities. You know, so if you're going from Dallas to Houston, you might stop once – we're putting stores in basically the pathway where people are traveling. And we we'd really – very few people come to our stores from the local area. It, 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 you know, they certainly do, but it's not the core of our customer – core customers traveling from one large city to another. So we are now bringing that to um, east to, to some of the states that haven't experienced it. So the thought was Texas is saturated with Bucky's. Saturated, there's probably – there still are opportunities, and we're still looking in Texas. We have some projects we're working on. But I think when it comes to keeping the excitement going, to keeping sort of being fresh and new and innovating, part of it is going places you haven't been before. And and so, you know, we've learned a lot going to Alabama. Uh, we've we've learned a lot just planning and designing and getting ready for Florida. It and comes so, with – not an insignificant amount of risk. You're a lawyer. You're paid to kind of control that risk, know that risk. And when you're moving out of that home market that's so tied to the brand of Bucky's and moving out of Texas, you're 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 exporting that risk along with you, aren't you? Absolutely. There is certainly risk. And I think that it's right now where it's a measured, controlled growth. We're not, uh, you know, we're, we're, t we're being methodical about it. But these are huge projects. These are, you know, substantial investments. And we, and I think part of it is, we're not going to sacrifice our reputation as we do it. What about the competitive landscape, though, in Florida for the convenience store? There's about 9,800 convenience stores 
right now in Florida. That's 6% of all U.S. convenience stores are in Florida, which is about proportional to the percent of the Florida population to the national population. So it seems to be in balance, roughly. Well, it's certainly, I, I think you'll find nationally that convenience stores are well-received. I mean, there's the people on their, on their way to work typically want to have a hot cup of coffee, they want to have a kolache, or they want to have a breakfast treat, whatever it is. And so, pastelito here in South Florida. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, see, you, you know, you got to cater. Empanada. Yeah. Yeah. You got to cater to your local community. So, uh, you know, our model's a little different. It's a model that requires a lot of traffic and a lot of space. South Florida has the traffic, certainly, but land prices are expensive, with more people squeezed between the Everglades and the Atlantic Ocean, and more convenience store operators looking to grow here. Wawa from Pennsylvania began opening stores in South Florida in 2017. It now has more than a dozen stores across the region. Racetrack out of Atlanta has been adding stops. Almost half of its more than 400 stores are in Florida. Cumberland Farms out of Massachusetts has been adding new stores as well, and these are in addition to longtime operators in the market. This is the market and the economic environment that Jeff Nadalo and Bucky's is entering. We're actively looking throughout the state for additional projects. Where does Southeast Florida fall in the discussion about priority and opportunity for Bucky's? Literally, when I say all of Florida, it is attractive to us. Um, but you've got to be able to prioritize. Well, Key West, I, I can assure you that the will probably be the one of the places we don't put a store. Okay. Just because Key West is out. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a terminal destination, right? Um, great place, by the way. It's it's just not our model. So the, the, one of the challenges to be able to support a store, you have to have uh, incredible traffic. And and I mean, it's, it's South Floridians will tell you here, Jeff, there is incredible traffic in South Florida. I think they use the word incredible <laughs> in a much different way than I think you're intending to use it right now, though. <laughs> well, the reason why I ask about South Florida specifically is we know that land prices here are very expensive. And as you've mentioned, the Bucky store size and the footprint is fairly large. Uh, when you're talking about 120 gas pumps, when you're talking about a store of 60,000 square feet, that's the size of a grocery store. Uh, where are you looking to find available land or land to redevelop into a Bucky's operation in South Florida? Well, we're, we're I mean, frankly, it's, it is a challenge. I mean, we're looking on a on a daily basis, we have teams of people that are out there scouring, looking for ideal sites, ideal locations. And, you know, one site may have great acreage. It may have, you know, uh, good drainage. It may have, you know, eight out of ten of the list that we need. But it, la it lacks, you know, one or two critical pieces. And so if you don't have every point available, it's, it's the site just doesn't work. Because, it, again, it's it's one of those things that when you – we really are building a uh, a unique property that's that's not like anything else out there. Do you think South Florida will see a Bucky's? Oh, I'm certain. I am very hopeful. <laughs> hopeful. You almost said certain, but you didn't say certain. Well, I can't. You're a careful I, attorney. I know this, Jeff. <laughs> and these kinds of uh, documents are going to pass by your eyes. Well, I have. You know, there are certain things I can say and certain things I can't. So. <laughs> but I still want to get a sense, though, of where South Florida, the market opportunity, ranks in terms of how the executives at Bucky's are looking at this Florida 
expansion, given the higher cost of land, higher building costs, and maybe even a more um, skeptical regulatory look on the part of local officials because of the acknowledged um, traffic uh, situations that a Bucky's can bring. Well, I think I think it's we we don't rank things like I guess the way you're kind of thinking about it. We mm-hmm. it's a lot more holistic. Um, it's our, our process is frankly uh, somewhat relaxed. I mean, we we literally get in a room every Thursday morning and we drink coffee and we talk about it and we, you know, it's there's not a magic sort of formula there. We're 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 really trying to find projects that that work for everyone and and frankly that we think are going to. So you may have a project that's somewhere you never even thought of because it just so happens that somebody sent us a good lead on it or there was a real estate broker out there that, that had a good project. And we said, oh, we never really thought about going there, but you know that actually sounds pretty neat. And then we may go off on a tangent. So you know, it's, it's really not as methodical as, as you might think. Um, we certainly have targeted certain areas and you know, over the years, we've we've you know found some great sites, and sometimes it's a challenge. We're trying to we're trying to you know go into in it with open eyes. I mean, we certainly there's a lot of changes that we have to adapt to internally when we go <clears throat> from Texas to Alabama. We had our first learning experience there. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, each state has its own laws, its own regulations, and getting outside of that, you have just sort of a cultural sort of adaptation, and you have to. You know, understand that uh, what might work in one region isn't necessarily the same. Jeff Nadalo with Bucky's, a Texas-based convenience store that is targeting Florida for expansion. Now, still to come, the recipe for growth in the convenience store industry. Well, a lot of the companies from the Northeast and the Midwest um, are trying to come in into the state of Florida. There's a lot of growth and a lot of uh, opportunity for other companies that are coming down here. My phone does ring quite a bit. Welcome back to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks again for listening. You can follow our program along on Twitter at WLRN. Leave your comments there. You can also find us on Facebook. If you're in your car right now, odds are you're not too far away from a convenience store of some kind, at least. There are almost 10,000 of them in Florida, conducting more than 13 million transactions a day. The market is a reflection of the almost ceaseless growth of population and tourism in Florida. Now, a little later on in this program, Carlos Caballero's story of money and the price of life here. Our shift is seven hours. I got around 5.25 or 5.30 an hour. I'm a tipped worker. Yeah. Carlos says he lives on those tips, but uh, barely gets by and relies on government assistance programs to help him, his fiancée, and their young daughter out. You'll hear his story coming up later on in the program. If you want to share your story of how money, circumstances, and choices have influenced your life and decisions, email us, sunshineeconomy at wlrnnews.org. The email address is sunshineeconomy at wlrnnews.org. Almost 11 cents of every dollar spent at a retail or food service store in the United States is spent at a convenience store. While total retail and food service sales were up barely 1% last year, convenience store sales jumped almost 9%, according to the industry's National Trade Group. Much of that was fueled by fuel, gasoline sales. 
Inside sales were up a more modest 2.2%, still higher, though, than the retail and restaurant industry overall. So the market has been growing. It's slow growth. The number of stores in Florida is about the same today as it was in 2015, yet new operators keep looking to Florida to expand. Ned Bowman leads the industry's trade association here in the state. It's a great market, a really a tremendous uh, opportunity for companies that are coming down here. Uh, that's where everybody's looking here. You don't see too many uh, of the operators that are going into Connecticut or Illinois or, um, you know, the northern states uh, to, uh, to grow or build stores. They're going where the populations are going, where you're seeing that. How much is this driven by population growth and how much driven by tourism growth? Um, it's both. I would say that most of it, uh, with 300,000 people coming into Florida, that's this, uh, that's a city of Hialeah coming into the state every year. This is a volume business after all, right? I mean, it's not necessarily uh, a price, uh, margin business as opposed to just feet through the door. Uh, it's both. Uh, you, you know, you, you, our motto has been for the last 30 years, it's neighbors serving neighbors. 75% of the convenience stores that are in the state of Florida are mom and pops. Um, you know, store owners that have less than five or six stores. Uh, so it, it's the, it, it is, it's the local flavor. Um, you're also seeing, you know, you go back into the food service. I mean, you go down to the Keys, to Dion Oil, and they have a brand of chicken down there called Dion Chicken. Uh, it's like a cult down there, um, and they've got about 15, 16 stores down there. Um, you know, you get into, uh, um, there's an Exxon station uh, in Doral on 87th Avenue, and if you go in there, you'll have an Exxon gas station. You'll have one of the best Cuban sandwiches you ever had in your life. Um, it's really gone to a whole community-based uh, area where it's not just coffee and donuts and candy bars. It's really turned into um, a community center where you can get uh, a good sandwich, good food, uh, good service, and gasoline. What about the economics of operating these stores, especially in South Florida, where land costs, building costs are pretty expensive, operating costs can be expensive, um, uh, how, how are they making it? How are they growing? Um, they're just growing and based on volume, more people coming into the stores. Uh, and, and you're seeing where the stores are being remodeled, updated, uh, new light fixtures, uh, new food offerings. Um, you know, and you are seeing on the outskirts. So you'll see the uh, greater Miami area, you know, is really saturated with stations. You know, you've got uh, the Shell stations down there and Exxon Mobil and 7-Eleven. But then you get out towards uh, Homestead and they're building new stores down that way. Uh, you get out towards uh, Plantation and um, Davie and, you know, there's still areas where you can still build uh, nice stations uh, for the growth. But a lot of the growth also is going up through Jupiter. Uh, Circle K is building a brand new store um, in Jupiter. Uh, they'll be open uh, probably late third quarter next year. Uh, so you're seeing tremendous brand new stores being popped up back in the suburbs. Being the executive director of the trade group here in Florida, are you fielding calls? Are you fielding inquiries from other uh, lots of out-of-state operators that are looking at Florida? Uh, quite a few. Um, there, you know, people are looking for opportunity. Companies are looking for opportunities. So, um, companies in New York are trying to come down. Uh, you've got people out of, uh, Massachusetts, uh, companies are trying to come down and build sites. 
Um, the uh, market has consolidated over the last few years. Uh, in 2000, uh, there was 247 distributors in the state of Florida, and today there's about 90. Uh, so there's been tremendous consolidation, um, and which, which is opportunity. So a lot of the companies from the Northeast and the Midwest um, are trying to come in, into the state of Florida. There's a lot of growth and a lot of uh, opportunity for other companies that are coming down here. So, yes, my phone does ring quite a bit. That's Ned Bowman with the Florida Petroleum Marketers and Convenience Store Association, the trade group representing the industry here in the Sunshine State. Now, still to come, how one of those out-of-state stores, Wawa, has come to South Florida. Part of the challenge is getting closer to the urban core as a gas station. You're seeing them getting into the suburbs really well. They're getting into like Hialeah, they're getting into South Dade, you know, they're getting in the Pompano Beach. Much harder to get closer to the really populated urban areas like downtown Miami and Miami Beach. This is the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. You can find a podcast of this program and all of our previous programs on iTunes by searching the phrase Sunshine Economy. Please be sure to leave a rating as well. And if you've got a smart speaker, you can listen along by telling it to play WLRN. Today we're talking about the convenience store business, especially how Florida has gotten the attention of -of out-of-state operators who are bringing a different kind of store to the area and hope to import the customer loyalty they have earned over the years in their home markets. Also on the program today, another story of money and the price of life in South Florida. I was able to complete $20 that was needed for my rent in quarters that I had put away to be able to pay for rent. It's not easy. Hear Carlos Carriero's story and his struggle to get by for himself and young family later on in this program. If you want to share your story of money, circumstance, and choices in your life and decisions, you can email us at sunshineeconomy at wlrnnews.org. Our email address again is sunshineeconomy at wlrnnews.org. Wawa began its Florida expansion in 2012, but it would be another five years before it entered the biggest and most crowded market in the state, South Florida. When it entered the local market, the company talked up plans for more than 100 stores in the region. Florida is expected to be Wawa's biggest market, replacing New Jersey by 2021. That would mean more than 250 stores across the state, with a big concentration here. Wawa has announced locations for a dozen new stores in Florida, the same number it has announced in its traditional markets of Pennsylvania and New Jersey combined. Brian Bandell is a reporter with the South Florida Business Journal. We spoke with him about Wawa and its expansion plans via FaceTime audio. Uh, Over time, a lot of people have been moving from the states to Florida, and they've built up a fan base in Florida. A lot of people enjoy their hoagies and their coffee, um, yet there hasn't been Wawa here. So there's a lot of enthusiasm for them here. And so when it became just a natural fit for them to follow their customers down. And what have they found in terms of finding locations here in a place where land prices are at such a premium? Well, they've been working with brokers to try and find locations uh, off of major highways. They found some places just sort of east or west of 95 near exits. They found a lot of places like on Powerline Road, along 441. 
And a lot of times it's redeveloping properties that were kind of overlooked, finding like an old IHOP restaurant um, and redeveloping that, finding a place that Walgreens abandoned, redeveloping that. Uh, so it's basically finding not necessarily vacant sites, but things that would be more valuable as a Wawa. And how about the competitive landscape that it's entering into here? Um, you mentioned some of the Wawa fans that uh, may have lived with that brand up in the Northeast moving down, but that's not going to be enough to sustain their growth trajectory, is it? Well, obviously, they have to reach out to the local population. And with social media, the, the fans of Wawa are kind of spreading the word and letting people know um, that, that and that's reaching new people. But obviously, there's a lot of competition from other gas stations here. So so ultimately, they have to win with the experience, you know. But they are offering more than a typical gas station in terms of the food options and the convenience of getting the food. But there is also competition. The other gas stations are trying to step up their game. What do you make of the business strategy for Wawa in Southeast Florida with the higher cost of doing business, um, but certainly where there can be some uh, big chances for big volume for a retailer uh, in the convenience space? I think the Part of the challenge is getting closer to the urban core as a gas station. You're seeing them getting into the suburbs really well. You know, they're they're getting into like Hialeah, they're getting into South Dade, you know, they're getting in the Pompano Beach. Much harder to get closer to the really populated urban areas like downtown Miami and Miami Beach, do they downtown need, Fort Lauderdale. Do they need to be in those locations, in those core urban uh, market locations, given maybe there's just fewer drivers there? Well, I mean, they could succeed without being them. Obviously, there's, you know, they want to be near interstates where there's a lot of traffic, but but also the, the volume in terms of the food and beverage sales are really good in the downtown urban areas because obviously you make money on gas, but that's a thin margin. What they really want to do is get people in and get them eating, right, <laughs> and get them drinking. So that so doing that, going to a really good food and beverage market would be good. It's just challenging because of the the land costs and the availability of land. But so I think they're going to right now kind of try and find places that are within distance of highways at this point. And there's still some some properties they can get in, in those areas. Where do you see those prime spaces? You cover commercial real estate. You see all those spaces up and down the Turnpike and the uh, Sawgrass and I-95. Uh, where are the brokers telling you about where the prime retail space is still? Well, I, I think for gas stations, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of focus on where the tourism is going to be going. I think if they believe that the American Dream Mall is going to be built uh, kind of near where the turnpike hits I-75 there out in sort of northwest Dade, then that would be a good place to put more stations. And then obviously, they're going to create a new exit there where that you know, mega mall is. They're already planning to do an exit. So I'm sure that the convenience stores want to get at, right at that new exit, right? That's prime real estate. Be at the exit of, the, of that new highway there. So that, that certainly makes sense. And I'm sure that they're they're trying to find any little sliver of land they can along along the turnpike and you know along other major highways they can get and you know if you look at 95 there's still some areas just off 95 in a lot of south florida maybe just like a block west where there's kind of you know it's not vacant but there's maybe an older rundown building that they think they could get you know you, you can cobble together you know 5 acres you can put a gas station there do consumers win at all uh, with uh, these uh, convenience stores looking at Florida, expanding at Florida, and expanding the market and options? Well, 
you know, if the laws of supply and demand perhaps could help consumers. A, a lot of times, Wawa will keep their prices relatively lower, uh, which might uh, encourage their competitors to keep their prices lower. Now, Wawa keeps the fuel prices lower because they want to. They want you to stop there and buy their food and their and their coffee, right? So that so the the lower gas prices are the incentive to come in. But if there's a convenient, you know, if there's another gas station down the street, they realize they if they're twenty cents more expensive than Wawa, they're going to have trouble. So so potentially it, it could lower prices for people. That's Brian Bandell with the South Florida Business Journal speaking to us via FaceTime audio. Now, still to come, we'll go back to Bucky's and the Texas company's Florida ambitions. The convenience stores for many years were were known for having really low-quality, expensive, overpriced products. Welcome back to the Sunshine Economy. I'm Tom Hudson. Bucky is a convenience store that's not part of the South Florida business environment yet, but it wants to be. It's a Texas-based convenience store operator that builds Texas-sized stores, stores bigger than grocery stores with dozens of gas pumps. Last month, it broke ground on its first store in Florida and just its second store outside of Texas. Earlier in the program, you heard the company's top lawyer, Jeff Nadalo, say they are actively looking throughout Florida for new locations. That includes in the highly competitive South Florida market. The company has built a loyal following in Texas. Until this year, Texas was the only state where it operated. It is one of the out-of-state companies targeting Florida for expansion in the convenience store industry. While Bucky's will talk about the size of its stores, it will not talk about how big its business is. In 2015, Bucky's generated close to $1 billion in sales, according to Texas Monthly Magazine. It prides itself on its barbecue, bathrooms, and benefits for employees. In Daytona Beach, Bucky's paid almost $14 million for the 35 acres to build its first Florida store. The local economic development agency says the store will create 205 jobs, paying over $31,000 a year on average. Now, according to Census Bureau data, that's about two-thirds of the median household income in the Daytona Beach area. Jeff Nadalo is the general counsel of Bucky's. We are bringing high-quality jobs, and I think you'll find that that phrase is used by a lot of businesses, but we actually back it up, and, and I think it— Does that mean pay? Is that how you absolute, define quality? Well, pay and in terms of—so, you know, we, we pay well above market rate, and we offer— What's market rate in Florida that you've encountered? In Texas, you know, if you have a market that say it's eight or nine dollars is the prevailing wage, we'll pay fifty percent or up to seventy percent higher than that. So, would market rate in a convenience store be considered like minimum wage, roughly? Is no, that kind of where it starts? It's typically a little higher than that. I think um, you'll find you'll find some some locations are, you know, the market will pay eight or nine dollars an hour. Um, and so, Bucky's would be paying twelve, 12 13, 14, yeah. fifteen. Um, but but more importantly than that, we offer, you know, vacation, four hundred one k, healthcare, uh, for full time employees, and more than ninety percent of our employees are full time. So, uh, and that's excluding our summer uh, college students that we we hire. Um, they they they're more of a seasonal workforce, and they come in, and they're but but the core of our employees, about ninety percent, are full time. Health and benefits. They have health benefits, dental, vision, uh, and you know, combine that with a, a great wage, 
And do uh, they pay any portion of that health care premium? They do. Okay. Um, but the, yeah. So the, re- the reason why I ask into those levels of details is just to get a sense of that economics of the store, right? The, high, the, the land costs, the building costs, you're paying, you say, roughly, in some cases, 50% above prevailing hourly wage. Most of those full-time employees with the health care, with the vacation. Uh, how do you make the margin? Well, it's by volume, and you'll see it. I mean, the you know we're, our prices are very competitive, and that's what kind of surprises people. They go in, they say, "Wow, you, this is the most amazing bathroom I've ever seen." And in fact, we've won. You don't charge for the bathroom, though, no, do you? but okay. we've we've won we've won awards for it, and we have staff that we literally have a full time staff keeping them clean. It's a loss leader is the clean bathroom, then, huh? Well, I, yeah, I mean, certainly it, we're not making any revenue on that. So, what kind of volume does a store need to see in order to support? those kind of economics that we talked about? Well, it's it's quite, I mean, there, there's quite a large volume. I mean, it's um, more than, I, our stores look like what you would experience on, a, on an NFL Sunday game. Um, but we do a better job, I think, of bringing people in and out uh, more expeditiously. So, in other words, the parking lot looks like uh, an NFL stadium parking lot. It certainly does. I mean, we have full-time folks out there on the weekends directing traffic, helping people find spots. And what's unique about it is our, we're really catering towards speed. And so you'll find that we measure— Because right, you're on the highway. And we, you yeah, mentioned we, you're geared toward travelers. Absolutely. And we measure things in, in seconds. So what is the average time spent and what's the average ticket, the average receipt that you're expecting out of Florida in order to make these economics of this strategy work? Well, we, you know, in terms of the, in terms of what the average ticket is, I mean, I, I think we expect it to, you know, at least average what we do in Texas, which um, is proprietary. I can't, can't go into that. But Can you uh, give us a sense of what that looks like? No, I wish I could. 50 but- bucks? Hundred bucks? No, it's substantially less than that. Less than is way, that, way less than that. Way less than fifty dollars. Oh yeah, and that doesn't include the gasoline Correct. receipts. Okay, yeah. so it's just in-store purchases. Yeah, okay. but but it's um, you know we we certainly have a lot of fun with it, and and I think you'll find that you know our our customers going in kind of with a a mindset of they don't know what to expect the first time they come in. And it's so fun because we'll stand there when we open our when we opened Alabama and we had people literally looking at it and saying, "Wow, I've never seen anything like this. What what is this?" And and there's little you know, and we they go around and they explore and there's mm-hmm. there's just there's a lot of unique things that you wouldn't see anywhere else. So what's that time spent? So it's interesting. We've done some studies and uh, I think most people are probably about thirty minutes. Um, in our store. It's a lot more than a rest stop. It is. And, you know, one, a lot less than a grocery store, though, maybe. It is. It's less than a grocery store. But you're, um, one of the things is when what they'll find is when they're ready to check out, it'll take them, if it takes them more than 30 seconds, I'd be surprised. So we're, as I said, we're really catering to speed. And, and it's, you know, it may take you a little while to get into the store on a busy weekend. Uh, it shouldn't take you very long to get out. We've done a really good job of, of getting our traffic out of there. But, uh, you know, you may have to wait. Just like anything else that's worth waiting for, you may have to wait a little bit. How do you describe the state of the convenience store industry today? Well, I think it's a, it's a, it's one of those industries that's uh, going through a growth change. And a lot of it's because people's expectations, you have a changing uh, sort of expectation about what what 
what do the, especially the younger generation what do they expect out of a convenience store um, they're not their goals and their their desires are are quite different than perhaps my generation and so we're having to adapt I mean they want you know convenience stores for many years were were known for having really low quality expensive overpriced products and so we're changing that we're you know you go into our stores and our our, our prices are the you know as competitive as as any other uh, grocery store or Amazon or Walmart is Amazon a competitor for a convenience Absolutely. store though I think they are how so I mean if you're out traveling on I-10 or 95 uh, and you need to go and you're hungry you're not ordering Uber Eats or or Amazon two-hour delivery. Well, Amazon's, you know, you, you, you but you may that morning. You say, okay, we're going to be traveling this afternoon, and you know, let's go ahead and do a two-hour Amazon order. And you get all your snacks and your, you know, beef jerky and all that stuff delivered to your hotel. They're certainly a competitor. You know, and, and for us, we're selling things that people, you know, would put in their home, you know, home goods and we have, you know, you know, other items that uh, we have to be competitive with. You've talked about how consumer tastes have changed. Uh, what do consumers want now out of a convenience store? They want they want a healthy, clean uh, convenience store. They want fresh coffee. I think they things they've always wanted they just never got. Um, and and certainly the industry is changing. I mean, they're offering you know healthier options, um, fresher food. Freshly prepared food. Uh, they also want um, items that that are going to sort of instantly enhance their life. And you ask, well, what, what kind of what item are would those? That? Yeah. Well, you'll find them now, right? They're they're just little things that you don't think about. Things for your cell phone that you you know you might little little add-ons for that could be uh, something to just throw in in your car to make your kids happy on We'd the way home. We call those impulse buys, exactly. Okay, um, but they're whereas before I think they were. Uh, just kind of inexpensive little items from China. Now their the expectation is higher quality goods that are going to actually make enhance people's lives. And so you'll find that the the better operators are offering those um, higher quality um, snack choices. I mean, before you just had pretty much potato chips and maybe some maybe had a hot dog roller grill and a fountain machine. Now you're you're seeing a, a big shift in the market. And what about the difference between the consumers? As you've acknowledged, Bucky's uh, has been learning lessons as it's been moving out of Texas. Uh, some of those lessons are just operating the business and building these stores, but it has to also be difference in consumers. Not that there's no difference between Texas consumers from location to location. Certainly there is, but as you as you move away from that traditional footprint that Bucky's has held in Texas, you are encountering, no doubt, different consumer, different consumer expectations, and different tastes. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. But one of the things that I sort of our core is I think everybody wants a, a clean, friendly, safe, well lit environment that that makes them feel good, and that they're going to be able to get something at a price that that makes them, you know, feel like they got a good deal. So I think if you take that as your core, and then on that you adjust to your market, you you add products that are unique to the area. And you mentioned earlier empanadas, for example. I mean, you know, we have to take that into account. And, we, and our chefs are busy at work looking at uh, various recipes to uh, cater to, you know, the local uh, palate. But 
I think at the core, if you offer a, a good quality experience, then I think customers are going to appreciate that. And, and as long as you offer a, a product that uh, they want, then they'll buy it. And Bucky's is betting on Floridians buying a lot. That was Bucky's top lawyer, Jeff Nadalo. He told us the company is getting some local government help with things like public utilities and road infrastructure as it builds out its first Florida location. The company is privately held by two owners, and Nadalo says it's using bank loans to help pay for some of its expansion. Still to come, another story of money and the price of life in South Florida. My biggest financial concern is the baby. Um, I'm very scared, like, for when she starts school, like what school she's gonna go to, because I don't just want her to go to any school. Like, I'm, that's one of my biggest things. That story coming up next.